The following is a presentation of Broadway Church in Vancouver, British Columbia. For additional media, visit broadwaychurch.com. Rod Ketterling is a pastor in Minnesota. He's the author of Front Row Leadership, and he was the keynote speaker at the PAOC General Conference just a couple weeks ago in Victoria. I was at this conference, and I heard him tell a story about how he wanted to go buy a new truck. You see, his old truck was old, and he wanted an upgrade. So he goes to the dealership, and he says, I want that truck, that same truck that I had before. I just want the newer model of it. He goes, I want to pay this much, and I want to drive it off the lot today. The salesman's like, this is the easiest job I've ever had. Done. As they're signing the paperwork for his new truck, the salesman's trying to tell him about the new features in his new truck, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got this. It's the same as my old truck. It's just newer. And so he's telling him about the automatic windshield wipers and the heated seats, and, and then he says, and of course, the remote starter. And Rob goes, hold on. The remote starter? He takes his old key fob from his old truck, goes out to the parking lot, points his old key fob at his old truck, and he starts his old truck. And he turns to the salesman and goes, you mean there was more power available to me this whole time and no one told me? You see, I don't want to be the pastor that didn't tell you that you, as a follower of Christ, have more power available to you this whole time. I don't want to be the pastor that never told you. You see, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you have more power available to you. As followers of Jesus Christ, we have full access to the Holy Spirit. You have more power available to you this whole time. You see, the Holy Spirit lives within us. He changes us from the inside out. The very presence of God, think of it, the very presence of God goes with you wherever you go. He no longer just temporarily rests on a specific individual for a specific purpose, for a specific period of time. As we learned last week, in the past, God, to access God's presence, God's people visited God's temple. But in the present, to access God's spirit, God's people are God's temple. You see the difference? Think about it. We have full access to the mind of Christ at any given moment. If we need wisdom, we need direction, we need correction, we need inspiration or knowledge or wisdom, we have full access to the mind of Christ, to his Holy Spirit within us. Now, not only do we have full access to the mind of Christ, but we also have full access to the strength of Christ. The strength of Christ. We have supernatural power living within us. Supernatural power to raise the dead, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. Supernatural power to make the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the mute speak. Supernatural power to dream dreams, to speak in unknown languages, and to prophesy the very words of God himself. Supernatural power to testify, to produce good fruit, to be his witnesses, and to resist all kinds of evil. And all of this supernatural power is available to us through the supernatural presence of God's indwelling spirit. Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Amen. A.W. Tozer said it this way. He said, the spirit-filled life is not a special, 
deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. So, let me ask you. Do you struggle with accessing God's indwelling spirit within you? Do you struggle to grasp God's power? At one moment you feel all charged up by God's spirit, and the next moment you feel all tangled up by the worries of this life. Like, do you struggle to live a consistent life? Do, do you know what it's like to live free from those habits that ensnare you? Do, do you know what it's like to, to live a productive life, to produce good fruit? Well, that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. You see, through interaction with the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit, we have been supernaturally enabled to not only resist evil, but also to produce good fruit. You see, I don't want to be the pastor that didn't tell you, you have more power available to you. You have more power available to you. Now, before we dive right into resisting evil and producing good fruit, I want to do some, like, define the terms, okay? I want to all get on the same page about what we're actually talking about when we say things like fruit and evil, now, my uh, middle son, Sawyer, he's six years old. He just had a birthday this week. And my son, Sawyer, is a unique little six-year-old, let me tell you. Most little boys, for their birthday, they want a bike. Or they want Lego. Or a Lego bike, okay? Sawyer, he's different. Sawyer wanted a garden. Yes, a garden. So we had Grandpa over just a few weeks ago. We call him Grumps. Okay, we had Grumps over a few weeks ago, and Grumps helped plant Sawyer his very own garden. Everyone go, ah. Yeah, it's cute, right? It's so cute. It's so cute. Anyway, so Sawyer, he is legit. He waters this thing every day. He goes and waters his garden, and he's growing like tomatoes and squash and cucumber and strawberries. And I said, what else do you want to plant? He says, candy. <laughs> and I said, Sawyer, it doesn't work like that. I said, but you can sell your fruit and vegetables for money to buy candy. He goes, I want that. So if anyone's interested in buying four carrots, they're $100 each, and uh, Sawyer will gladly take your money. Now, I know this garden is in the early stages of growth, but as Sawyer waters his garden, I see these little like, green sprouts like sprouting up. And I can't tell which is the cucumber, which is the squash, which is the strawberries. I don't know. They just all look like little green nothings to me. You see, because there's no fruit yet. In, in a few months or weeks or years, I don't know how long it takes, but in a while, there'll be a pumpkin sitting in my garden. And it's going to be attached to the green little stemmy thing. And I'm going to say, that there is a pumpkin plant. You know how I know? Check out the fruit. <laughs> Check out the, the pumpkin. That's how I know, okay? You see, the fruit is a byproduct of what's growing. As your outline says, fruit is an indicator of the root. Fruit is an indicator of the root. When you see the fruit, you know what's at the root. See, this is true of gardens, but this is also true of you. Whenever we talk about fruit, we're talking about the byproduct of what's growing on the inside. Fruit is an indicator of the root. And all of us are producing fruit in our life. Let me ask you, what type of fruit are you producing? Legitimately, what type of fruit are you producing? 
What's growing out of your life? Think of it in those terms. What qualities come budding from your lifestyle and your habits? See, the Bible speaks about two types of fruit that can grow in our life. There's good fruit and there's bad fruit. The Bible refers to the good fruit as the fruit of the Spirit. And it refers to the bad fruit as the fruit of the flesh. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes this fruit of the flesh to the early Christ followers in Galatia. This is Galatians 5, 19. He says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, or the fruit of the flesh is obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, when we talk about evil, we're talking about these fruits of the flesh. You see, when evil takes root, In our lives, these are the obvious characteristics that will surface. As your outline says, evil is anything that is contrary to the character and the nature of God. And these things, these fruits of the flesh, are all contrary to the character and the nature of God. Okay, Simon, that's fruits of the flesh. That's the bad fruit. But what about the good fruit, the the fruit of the Spirit? The Apostle Paul goes on to say this about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. He says the fruit of the Spirit, the good fruit, it's love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says against such things there is no law. You see, if the Spirit takes root in our lives, these now are the characteristics that will surface. The fruit is an indicator of the root. Okay, so those are the terms we're going to be using today. We all know what we're talking about when we say fruit, and we all know what we're talking about when we say evil. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to take a a large group of young people down to Creation Fest. Now, Creation Fest is held in the gorge in Washington, and it is a giant... um, Christian music festival. People camp outdoors and we see concerts during the day and there's preaches at night and it's this whole big Christian music festival. Now, as one of the pastors that brought a big group down, I got an all-access backstage pass. Okay, no big deal. Please hold your applause. Now, I got this all-access pass and I could go backstage and meet the bands. I could hang out in this lounge and like get free drinks and like cookies or something. I don't know. Okay, so I I got this cool all-access pass, but I didn't use my all-access pass. Well, I didn't use it as it was intended, I should say. I used it in as much as I showed all my friends the all-access pass and told them I could go backstage if I wanted to, but I never actually went backstage. So I actually don't know what's in the lounge. They might have had donuts. I I don't know. I didn't use my backstage pass. I didn't use my all-access pass. You see, access is very different than entry. Access is very different than entry. I had access, but I didn't actually use my access. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. I've mentioned a few times already this morning that, that as followers of Christ, we have full access to the Holy Spirit. But not all of us use our access. 
So Simon, how does someone go about using their access? How does someone go about using their access to the Holy Spirit? And that brings me to the big idea for today. You see, you access God's power when you interact with God's Spirit. You access God's power when you interact with God's Spirit. And today, we're gonna look really practically, like real hands-on, meat-on-the-bone style, what it means to interact with God's Spirit in these two ways how we interact with God's spirit to resist evil, and how we interact with God's spirit to produce good fruit. So let's start today by talking about how the Holy Spirit actually enables Christ's followers to not only resist evil, but produce good fruit. We're gonna dive right into resisting evil. As your outline says, in order to resist evil, we must recognize evil. In order to resist it, First, we better recognize it, okay? Uh, This is just one of the things the Holy Spirit does in the lives of Christ's followers. Listen to what John says in John 16, verse 8. He says, and when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. See, one of the first things the Holy Spirit does in our life is he actually convicts us of our sin. It's the indwelling spirit of God within us that keeps kind of pointing out these, these fruits of the flesh, saying, hey, all those fruits of the flesh, they, they don't match up with God's spirit. They don't match up with the character and nature of God, and he convicts us of our sin. Now, it should be noted that conviction and condemnation are very different things. Conviction is very different than condemnation. Conviction, it comes from the Holy Spirit, but condemnation can come from the enemy. Condemnation can come from others. You see, conviction is very specific. Hey, you need to change this. Hey, you need to alter that. Condemnation is general. Hey, you are a horrible person. Hey, you are worthless and are are going to amount to nobody. See, Conviction, it makes you want to change. But condemnation, it, it makes you feel like you can never change. Conviction always brings joy and, and it brings life. But condemnation will always bring sorrow and despair. Now, conviction is not always a, 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 this, this lovely, pain-free process, though, okay? Conviction still can, can, can kind of hurt, kind of twist. No one likes to be rebuked. No one likes the feeling of correction, but with conviction, it always leads to more joy in the end if we respond. Romans 8.1 reminds us that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So, If we're going to resist evil, the first thing we need to do is we need to recognize evil. And the indwelling Holy Spirit within us helps us with that. The second thing, if we're going to resist evil, we need to bring evil into the light. Okay, we need to bring evil into the light. Have you thought of it this way? Nothing good, let me say that again, nothing good grows in the dark. Nothing good grows in the dark. Think of it, trees and flowers and anything from Sawyer's garden. It all needs light to thrive. Things that grow in the dark are not good things, right? Mold, (laughs) bacteria, mushrooms. They're all terrible things that grow in the dark. 
We need to bring evil into the light. We need to expose it. We need to deal with it. You see, if there's any part of your day, any activity that you're involved in, any habits, any media you consume, websites you visit, relationships you foster that you wouldn't want your wife to know about, you wouldn't want your children to know about, and you wouldn't want your parents to know about it, then that activity is a fungus and it needs to be brought into the light. You need to expose it, and it's time we deal with it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit living within us that gives us the strength to kill our pride that we can confess our sins and receive his mercy. Listen to what Proverbs 28, 13 says. It says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess them, and they turn from them. That, that means repent. They confess them and turn from them. They will receive mercy. See, there's some people here today and you're really struggling with sin in your life. You're really having a hard time resisting evil every time it comes knocking at your door. It's not too late to confess your sin, to turn from it and to receive mercy. At the end of today's message, I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to say a simple prayer with me, to simply turn from your sin, to simply confess it out and to receive mercy. It's not too late. If that's you, you, you know who you are. The Holy Spirit may be convicting you right now. I'm going to give you a chance to respond at the end of today's message. Okay. Jesus reminds us that if we are going to resist evil, we have to cut sin out of our life. In James 4, verse 7, it says this. I love this. It's the message translation. It says, yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom. Cry your eyes out. The fun and the games are over. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. That's, that's the idea of repentance. Just, just come to him. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get back on your feet. So if we're going to resist evil, first we need to recognize it. And then we need to bring it into the light. And finally, you do good. Do good. Listen to what Romans 12, 21 says. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, some of us sitting here today, we have been um, exposed to the most unspeakable evils that we can imagine. Some of us here, maybe we've just, we've bumped up against certain evils in our culture from time to time. But you have a choice to either be overcome by that evil or to resist that evil. See, the reason the Apostle Paul says do not be overcome by evil is because, in fact, you can be overcome by it. Just because you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside doesn't mean that you cannot be overcome by evil. So what does it mean to be overcome by evil? Like, what does that even look like? See, to be overcome by evil means you sink to its level. You sink to its level. You let that evil that's been done to you start to dictate your emotions and your behaviors. You let that evil that's been done to you give you permission to let evil take up residence in your heart. You let that evil that's been done to you give you an allowance to hold on to bitterness and hold on to unforgiveness. And you're stunting the, the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit within you. 
because you're letting yourself being overcome by evil. You see, there's no room in someone's life to be overcome by evil and resist it at the same time. As Joyce Meyer says, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. You see, you can be overcome by evil or you can resist evil, but you can't do both. The Apostle Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good That means if we're truly going to resist evil, if we're truly um, not going to be overcome by evil, we must do good. So I wonder, I wonder what type of goodness the Holy Spirit would produce in the life of a follower of Christ. I I wonder what those those good fruits the Holy Spirit might, might, might produce in us, I wonder what they might look like. That goodness, what would that look like? Remember how we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, that that good fruit? The fruit of the Spirit is it's love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So how do we produce this good fruit? This goodness, how do we produce it? Well, technically speaking, we don't. Technically speaking, we we can't. You see, it's not the fruit of our efforts, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, the fruit is an indicator of the root. You see the pumpkin, you know that's a pumpkin plant, right? You see goodness and you see love and you see joy, you know that's an indicator of what's growing on the inside. It's the fruit of the Spirit. As followers of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside. And so when our root is in the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit that produces the fruit. You see, yes, the fruit is produced in us, but it's produced by Him in us. So if you want to be more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, more self-controlled, don't just try harder. That will get you nowhere If you want to be more patient, more loving, more joyful, more self-controlled, daily interact with God's Spirit. Daily interact with God's Spirit and have Him produce His fruit in you. See, you access God's power when you interact with God's Spirit. You access God's power when you interact with God's Spirit. So if you want good fruit, to be produced in you, you need to interact with God's spirit. Now, this is a big one. Simon, how in the world am I supposed to interact with God's spirit? Like, I want to access that power, but how do I interact with God's spirit? I want to to teach you. This is simple. It's like one, two, three, A, B, C. This is how you interact with God's spirit as practically as I can mention. Here's how. Number one, you yield You yield. If you want to interact with God's spirit daily, you simply yield. You yield. See, it's true that all Christ's followers have the indwelling spirit of God within them. They have full access to God's Holy Spirit, but not all Christ's followers are being controlled by God's Holy Spirit. Not all Christ's followers have submitted themselves to the Holy Spirit or or are being led by the Holy Spirit. They haven't yielded themselves to God's indwelling spirit. You know, when you're driving in traffic, 
and you have the giant yield sign in front of you, you're merging into on, oncoming traffic, the, the traffic's flowing beside you and you're trying to get in, but you have the yield sign so you have to wait for there to be an open spot that you can merge in. What happens if both cars think they have the right of way? What happens if both cars try to consume that same open spot at the same time? A wreck happens. And the same is true about the Holy Spirit. If we don't yield ourselves to him, a wreck happens. See, yielding is simply, no, 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 you first. <laughs> no, go ahead, after you. Yield, yielding is simply saying, Holy Spirit, not my will, but your will be done. You see, if I try to produce you know, goodness on my own, by my own strength, by the strength of my flesh, I will produce the fruits of the flesh. But if I yield myself to his Holy Spirit and I say, Spirit, produce in me good fruit, then I've yielded to him that he can, he's able to produce his fruit in me. See, this act of yielding to the Holy Spirit, it, it's not a one-time thing. You don't just do it one time and you're, and you're done. The act of yielding to the Holy Spirit is a daily thing. We say, God, we want to walk with your spirit. We want every step we take to be in sync with your Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says, now since we have chosen to walk with the spirit, let's keep each step in, in perfect sync with God's spirit. Right now, really quickly, if you're here and you're already a follower of Christ, why don't we do this together? Let's just Dead serious. Let's just yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in our lives right now. Pray this with me. Just in your head, just pray this with me if you're a follower of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you. I ask you to take complete control of my life. Lead me. Guide me. And produce your good fruit within me. Amen. Okay, after we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, the next step is very simple. You just listen, okay? You yield and then you listen. You listen. I like to think of the, the Holy Spirit in my life like a giant volume knob on a guitar amp, okay? Every time you listen to the Holy Spirit, it's like you turn the volume up of the Holy Spirit. And every time you choose to ignore the Holy Spirit, it's like you turn the volume down of the Holy Spirit. And it's up to you whether you're turning the volume up to hear his voice or you're turning it down to ignore his voice. Now, when I say hear his voice, I'm not talking about a, a giant audible voice from the clouds like James Earl Jones or Liam Neeson, okay? Going, Simon, 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 Simon. When we talk about hearing the Holy Spirit's voice, we're talking about an inner intuitive voice, a, a silent prompting from within. Now, um, I don't know about you, but if you're anything like me, uh, oftentimes you get very confused at whether it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you or if it's just you speaking to you, you know? Have you ever had like a, a sudden spontaneous thought and you think, oh, I should text that person. I should call them. I should encourage them. And then you go, no, 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 that's just me. That's not the Holy Spirit speaking to me. That's just silly Simon being silly Simon. That's not him. Now, when it comes to obedience and the Holy Spirit, this is what I've learned. Ready, guys? This is... You're going to want to write this down in the side margins of your outline today. When it comes to obedience in the Holy Spirit, it's better to obey 
and be wrong than to disobey and be wrong. Oh, right? Like it seems so obvious. But how often, I know we're guilty of this because I'm guilty of this all the time. How often do I have a, a prompting from the Holy Spirit and then I'm like, nah, it's nothing. I just push that down, just turn that knob down. No, 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 Holy Spirit. No, no. It's just me. It's too, it's too crazy. I don't even understand that. I don't even know why he would want me to do that. It makes no sense to me. Just and we turn down that, we turn down that volume. See, in so many of our lives, we've turned that Holy Spirit knob down so low in our lives that the Holy Spirit is screaming at us, and we can't even hear his promptings anymore. He's just become this, this white noise in the background of our comfortable Canadian Christianity. We just don't hear him anymore. We've turned him down so, so low. It's been said that the Holy Spirit's voice is as loud as your willingness to listen. So would you be aware when he speaks? Be aware of his, of his silent promptings from within. So first we yield, then we listen, and then finally we obey. Right? This is awesome. We yield ourselves, we listen to what he says, and then we act on it. We obey if you want to produce good fruit, if you want the Holy Spirit to produce good fruit in your life, obedience is a must. See, this is an act of faith, but you're not alone in this. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the strength to act out on what we've just heard. What we've just heard. See, obedience is an absolute must. It's better to obey and be wrong than to disobey and be wrong. Amen? I love, what, uh, I love what Francis Chan says about living a life that is like surrendered, yielded to the Holy Spirit, where he's obeying what he hears. Listen to what he says. He says, I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't want my life to be explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't want my life to make sense from the outside looking in. I want my life as a follower of Jesus Christ to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit's voice that the choices that I make just look crazy apart from the Holy Spirit's guiding. Does that describe you? Are you obedient when he prompts you? Okay, so if we choose to yield, if we choose to listen and we choose to obey, there's only one possible outcome the Holy Spirit will produce good fruit in your life. And this is what your life will look like. You ready? You're gonna be more loving. You're gonna be more joyful and have more peace. You're gonna be more patient and kind. You're gonna show more goodness, be more faithful and more gentle, and you're gonna display more self-control. Now, doesn't that sound like a life that you wanna live? You can live that life today by simply accessing the indwelling spirit of God within you today. See, you access God's power when you interact with God's spirit. So let me ask you, are you living a naturally supernatural life? Are you accessing God's power today? Or do you struggle with, with interacting with the Holy Spirit within you? Do, you? do you struggle to daily yield yourself to him, to let his spirit take control of your life? I'm going to close right now and, and I want to lead you in a prayer and remind you that you have more 
power available to you right now.